0: This
1: is our Everest. Greetings, Culture Vultures, and welcome to This is Our Christmas Everest. The Advent Calendar podcast that's normally a chore. But not today, because we got to watch Chaz and Dave's Christmas Knees Up. We did. I'm basking in the post-coital Chaz and Dave glow still. Yeah. What a wonderful thing. Now, uh, obviously... For anyone who's not from the UK, I don't know how many (laughs) listeners that we have who aren't in the UK. Or aren't familiar, um, you know, at least familiar. Yeah, not familiar with Chaz and Dave. But we should probably explain the nomenclature of the knees up. Um, It's a very English term. Yeah. Basically, a knees up is, you know, a bit of a shindig, a bit of a party. Usually with a piano, some singing... And a lot, obviously, because it's in England, a lot of booze. Basically,
0: yeah. And it it, it kind of always... I have been, as you're fully aware, to knees ups.
1: But you are a cockney. You were born in the London hospital. Strictly,
0: strictly speaking, am, because of the exact location of where I was born. But I never grew up there or lived there. Uh, It just happened to be where the hospital was.
1: But your Um, family... Are from that geographical area, and but
0: my family, going back to the, I think it's the kind of mid to late nineteenth century. Yeah, are from have lived around Tottenham, uh, Enfield, Edmonton. Yeah, um, originally I think originally it was Kilburn. I
1: think Chas and Dave are from Edmonton.
0: Chas and Dave are from Edmonton, which means that they are not Cockneys.
1: One of the reasons I was so excited to do this is because I've known... Now, I've known this for a number of years now, but it's something we've never explored on the podcast, and, and I'm very excited to do so, because I consider this to be the Rosetta Stone of Ian. The story of the way that Christmases used to go down in your house when you were young and you had your extended family
0: this never happened at our house because we lived in a council flat in edmonton first then enfield and these places weren't very big and you couldn't really fit 14 16 18 20 people inside (laughs) there so it was always at somebody else's house you
1: can't have a knees up in a council house
0: um but it would mostly be at my uncle and aunt's. Okay. Um The you would have the uh, your normal kind of Christmas Day thing, and it would get past about four or five in the afternoon, and then some to most of the adults would start really drinking. We <laughs> always stayed where we were. You know, if we went somewhere on Christmas Day, you always stayed the night. Though.
1: Yeah.
0: At a point the old Cockney songs would start, you know.
1: (laughs) Isn't it true that they would wheel the telly out of the door? Oh, well, that
0: would happen in the morning. That was was my grandma. She wouldn't have the TV on on Christmas
1: Day. Wheel the Uh, telly out, wheel the piano in.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, that I think that that led to actually a kind of uh, a negotiation situation because (laughs) she wheeled the TV into her bedroom and we were like, well is it all right if we watch it in your bedroom then and and eventually that was the compromise agreement that was reached it was like the Good Friday agreement (laughs) but um, but but yeah the you know the evenings would come around and and uh, uh, and they'd you know they'd all end up and singing, like I say, Knees Up Mother Brown is the one that I remember most vividly because that's the one that me and my cousins found the funniest.
1: Well, it's also, of course, the song that gives the knees up its name. Yeah, yeah. As far as I can make out. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's an know. old traditional song from the 19th century Yeah. that was written down but I believe it was first formally written down in 1938 by what I can only describe as a pair of absolute chances but yeah. you know good luck to them really. well I mean I
0: assume that Knees Up is a reference to a dance similar to the cancan presumably Um, yeah because that's what you kind of think of if you visualize it isn't it
1: well also yeah and also uh, there are several other things you can do with your knees up all of them are rude and oh yeah yeah, much goes into the english sensibility doesn't it
0: and i'm sure that i don't know you know to the extent to which there's a there's there's official words and unofficial words but I'm just I'm certain that there was a variant of the words that involved her knickers coming
1: off. Oh absolutely. Absolutely yeah, yeah. I
0: don't remember it specific what the specific line was, but I do remember that being sung. So I don't know Well the thing is that you don't know how commonplace these things are, how widespread they are. Um and the, no. and you know and and then things would start to quieten down again about like ten or eleven o'clock and it would kind of go back to being almost like a normal Christmas because all the grown ups would be wanting to go to sleep and sitting down in a chair or whatever after they've eaten too much food, um <laughs> and 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 that's kind of how Christmas was for a while and I enjoyed it like that it was fine it was well great. I can
1: see why I mean yeah. now Chas and Dave's Christmas Knees Up was produced by LWT nineteen eighty two. I don't know if it was actually shot in a pub or if it's just a set that is a pub. Uh,
0: well, um, it's not a pub. It's definitely a set. Because, again, we've had this conversation before, Edward. <laughs> um, if you... Uh, the, you would never be able to get the lighting, the cameras... Yeah, uh, okay, into yeah. a. So it's so. a... The only question I have, because you don't see them, is was it a set that was built in front of a studio audience are all those authentic cockneys on the stage uh, are they it, actually acting uh, you know it might well be that they're all pissed
1: oh they, they're they definitely all pissed are they doing this
0: all in front of a live studio audience because the thing is right if yeah. you listen to the audience sounds throughout the program they are way louder than that number of people could, could would be able to achieve Yeah, If this was just being done on a set somewhere, then the audience laughter would have been nowhere near as loud as it is on the broadcast. And I don't know whether they dubbed it on or I don't know if this set was actually built in front of a live studio audience.
1: A programme like this, if it were made now, would just be all of their insufferable B-list celebrity mates. You know? Yeah, I mean... Every, Every table would be... All of the flotsam and jetsam of TV from the the, the past year, rather than genuine people who were—they were all definitely drunk. <laughs> all yeah, I them.
0: mean, you were sh- you know—I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that, doing a lot on assumption here. I haven't read anything about it. Um, no, it's best not to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If everyone in that room wasn't drunk, I would like—I think they should have to have a medical exemption certificate. There's no excuse for not yeah. being drunk at that yeah. point.
0: They're so weird, aren't they, Chas and Dave? Those clothes were as dated in 1980 as they are now, yeah? They're wearing... they, they always got this kind of like... It's just, I don't know, old-timey. I don't know if it's 30s, 40s. Those suits and the grandad shirts and the flat cap and all that. It was a dated act in 1980. There's and And actually... It's aged really well. Dave
1: Peacock looks looks great, doesn't he? He's the bass player that everyone wants in their band. Yeah, he's got he, 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 he can sing. sing, he can MC, he can play. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's he, got the lock. He's rocking the look, he's got a really,
0: really well cut like suit, which is still like the kind of you know, the thing they always wear, but it's clearly been He's got some braces. Yeah, he's got some braces on. Um he's looking terrific. He's, he's looking in really good shape, and he is a fucking mean bass player.
1: The sideboard song is how the program begins. Yeah. Um, a very well hydrated audience. Yeah. Uh, very receptive. Um, and I think it's probably the easiest thing to do is just to, to essentially go through the set list. Uh, we, we go straight into the second song, "London Girls." Yeah. Then, uh, which is it's a bit...
0: just a strangely mournful song, isn't it? <laughs> it's well, not, it's it's not quite as fast, and it's not quite as up tempo. I think as this is you the feel pro- as though it
1: should. Be. This is the problem that I think Chaz and Dave have throughout this set. Actually, is that they've got some songs that are such knockouts. How do you follow them? You can't. You can't follow the sideboard song. You can't follow "Ain't No Pleasing You." Mm. They do their best, and you know they're good. But you do get the feeling a little bit. oh, It's not as good as the last one. After "London Girls." We've got comedy from Jimmy Cricket. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I love Christmas. I think we should have it every year. Do you? But I I didn't used to like hanging my stocking up. Well, I didn't know you had to take it off first. Did I tell you about the time I went carol singing? I didn't. Come here. There I was, and this fella shouts out the window. He said, sing me the 12 days of Christmas. I said, I'm only off work for a week. Here's a fact. Originally... This special had two comedy acts. It did, and one of them has been snipped out. Has
0: been cold, and and his name does still appear in the closing credits. Oh, yeah.
1: It's Jim Nick Nick Davidson. Yes, I can only assume what he said that has meant that his performance has been clipped out of yeah every ensuing repeat of this 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 program is shown very very frequently at, at christmas to this day on channel five i think i've shown it it's shown every year years. it is
0: it's is shown every year on channel five now
1: so obviously jim davison managed to cross a number of lines
0: yeah it's best not to think about it i mean Christ Almighty, not... he's already been on one of one of these yeah
1: jimmy cricket is all right but at the end of the day I'm um, i'm at chas and dave's christmas knees up for some Chaz and Dave.
0: Well, Jimmy Cricket I just is just some just some not very good stuff.
1: I I don't mind Jimmy Cricket.
0: From my vantage point in twenty twenty I thought it stank the closer.
1: I I quite liked it.
0: Oh well there you go. There you go. I like
1: a bit of Jimmy Cricket. There were also musical guests as well as comedy guests. Oh well. Uh the first one was Lenny Peters. Now, Lenny Peters I've got a number. There were a number of interesting things about Lenny Peters. I mean, the firstly, the, the first song he sang was like a a, a spiritual, which yeah. um, could have been quotas, but a weird choice. But the yeah. the thing that interests me about him is one, the perm, two, yeah. The sunglasses, yeah. Three, his microphone technique. Okay, it's it's like he's got his claw hand. Okay, I can
0: explain the latter two of those.
1: Okay. And um, uh, also, he can't click his fingers for yeah. shit. So just don't try, Lenny. Yeah.
0: Okay, Lenny Peters was blind.
1: Okay, that that's why he's got shades on, yep. and I think yep. it
0: probably explains the clicking his fingers as well. Because if you All don't right. see your hand do something, it's not, you know. Yeah. Why do people click their fingers to look cool? Oh, that's true. Lenny Peters uh, had, I think it's probably fair to say, a, a not charmed life. He was blinded in one eye in a road traffic accident at the age of five. And okay. he was blinded in the other eye at 16 when a brick
1: was thrown at him. Well, him I mean, that, that's just spectacularly bad luck, isn't it, really?
0: Um, yeah, and he died at 59 years old age from cancer. I think it was cancer. He, 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 died, he died quite young.
1: Well, I mean, at least he got to play with Chaz and Dave, I suppose. If
0: he's not doing Welcome Home, that I'm probably not interested, <laughs> you know, because "Welcome Home" by Peters and Lee was one of the biggest selling records of 1973, and 1973 is probably the one year in music that I host hold the most dearly. Interesting. So you know that that, that, you, that song has to have a little place in my heart somewhere, even though it's you know a load of schlocky trash.
1: He didn't. He didn't sing it though, did he?
0: Uh, but he didn't do it, no. It, it sounded for about half a second as, at the start, as though it might be. Oh. And then it was. Then it wasn't.
1: They're then joined by Albert Lee, who sings the song Country Boy at Heart. I don't really know a lot about Albert Lee.
0: Well, Albert Lee was basically a guitarist, country slash rock guitarist. Um, yeah, yeah. He was another one of those who knew everybody, but never really quite broke into the mainstream himself. Ah, okay. um, yeah. He had plenty of success, don't get me wrong. He had plenty of success. And I'll put it this way, right? I reckon he was probably about eighth or ninth in succession to being a travelling Wilbury. And I yeah. bet he's really pissed off. Yeah. At the fact that he never actually got to be one I reckon he was close. I reckon he was would have been close to selection. And I also reckon it would have been just the sort of shit he would have loved.
1: Yeah uh, look yeah he look he, he would have looked at home in the Travelling Wilberies. It's fair to say. We're... The, the absolute highlight of the program musically comes after Albert Lee. There ain't no pleasing you, which had been in the charts that year, 1982, and the fucking the roof comes off. The Buckle crowd, up. Yeah. the crowd are swaying, they're dancing. There's a shirtless man on stilts. Drinking whiskey out of a tin bucket. There's a woman who looks like Ina Sharples, breastfeeding a monkey. Two sailors giving a donkey a plate of saveloys uh, A workman with a hod of bricks over his shoulder having sex with a dog. A rag and bone man drunk out of his mind just having a piss in the middle of the dance floor. It's fantastic. None of those things actually happen. But in my, in no. my head... Yeah. that crowd Just is fantastic I mean you've got women there who are still you've still got their rollers in ain't gonna be the I'm you done it and their yeah. pinafores on and their housecoats swaying yeah. along singing along
0: these unlike The arseholes you get nowadays. These are the actual people who fought the Second World War.
1: Well, yeah. The interesting thing about the the crowd is it's pretty, um, what's the word, white? Well, yeah, yeah. It's not representative of London, you know, that part of London... In 1982,
0: it's not representative of Edmonton or Tottenham in 1982 because I was it's there. It's
1: certainly not representative of London now. And if you're expecting me to believe that they put out an open call for anyone who wanted to go and see Chaz and Dave, and only white people wanted to, you know, I don't. I don't believe that only white people no. like Chaz and Dave. <laughs> it's just uh, not well, no, possible. I
0: think, I think that no, I think that they most likely. Just sent a researcher to a boozer in Edmonton. Yeah. Or somewhere so like that. see Chas and Dave, not or, you. you. Know, <laughs> so Yeah, so I'm just like, whoever's in there, you know, can you can you find a few mates? Yeah. Not that one. We'll arrange coaches for it. There was one black dude. I saw one black well, dude. Well, that's good. He was dancing. Good to know.
1: It might have been Garth Crooks.
0: Well, the thing is that I can't be paying attention to the crowd when there ain't no pleasing you. No. There, um, because... <laughs> I am squarely of the opinion that that song is one of the great British ballads of the 1980s. Oh, it's
1: fantastic. And the crowd were lapping it up.
0: Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're,
1: they're absolutely the, the song. The song that followed it is uh, That's What I Like, which is a, a very fun song. It reminds me a little bit of England's Glory by Ian Jury and the Blockheads. Yes, reasons to be cheerful. It's one of those fine, great list songs. Which I mean, I love yeah. a list. I love Chaz and Dave. But mm-hmm. after "Ain't No Pleasing You," uh, just everyone's still coming down. It was euphoric, yeah. and you could you could feel the port glow coming out of the screen. Some of those some mm. of those old dears who've been singing along, dewy eyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's the best. That is the best single piece of any of these programs that we've watched so far. What a thing! Yeah. what I've watched it again and again. It's fantastic. Right, now we've got
0: a brilliant old mate of ours to sort of uh, sing and play guitar. Nice and very Clapton. Come
1: on, Eric! Get on this And then Eric Clapton comes out dressed as Chaz and Dave. Eric Clapton comes out and does two numbers with Albert Lee. He does Slow Down Linda. Yeah. And then they slow it down for Goodnight Irene. With, he- yeah, what a with strange help, ch- well, yeah, with help from Dave on the second verse. I thought, is everyone going to get a verse here? But no, it was just Dave who did the second verse. I mean, what a
0: strange choice of song? Do you know what? Do you do you know which football club unofficial song anthem is? Goodnight Irene. No, Bristol Rovers. Oh, okay.
1: That seems.
0: Slightly unusual, and I'm not even certain that any. I think it might be one of those where nobody's exactly certain of the reason why now.
1: And Eric gives us a bit of uh, a bit bit of an axe workout as well. You, yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't forgive Eric Clapton if he came on and didn't do a little bit of gymnastics on the old guitar. Well, yeah, no, because I, I well, otherwise, point of no, getting I Eric Clapton.
0: It. You're that bloke who they used to talk about being possibly even better than Hendrix. It always used to be when I was growing up. Who's the greatest guitarist of all
1: time? It's either Clapton or Hendrix.
0: And the benefit of hindsight allows me the perspective of, fuck off, it was Hendrix.
1: Well, I've always gone along with Eric Clapton's view on that, which was, don't be ridiculous, it was Hendrix.
0: He was possibly the most famous guitarist in the world at the time.
1: Possibly. He was definitely the most famous guitarist in the world when Jimi Hendrix emerged.
0: Yeah. And I mean, then, it's...
1: And then he went, well, that's some bullshit.
0: Yeah, I'd probably better take loads and loads and loads of cocaine and develop a <laughs> racism.
1: <laughs> oh, he's all right. I mean, he's had he's had his problems. He's oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's had some bad shit happen. High rise living was one of them.
0: Yeah, but the thing is that when bad shit happens
1: to you, the
0: test of who you are is whether that makes you a better person
1: or a worse person. That is very true. It's the, the same life mission uh, as espoused by Donald Trump.
0: I, I, although sure. different <laughs> in
1: every single regard yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure in the, in the slightest about that
0: but the problem with this show is that it runs out of steam at this point it
1: does a little bit yeah I mean they in the end they like oh well you know thanks very much for uh, joining us etc etc they sing give it to the girl next door there's a conga line and a sing along they should have finished with "there ain't no pleasing you," and in the place where there ain't no pleasing you is, they should have done rabbit. I think
0: there's a strong possibility that Gertrude might have been in there and cold mm. because I mean I told you this before, which is that Gertrude Cowson or Cowson is means son of a bitch, and oh. uh, that. Caused sufficient complaints that the BBC, when they did it on top of the pops, they had to, they did it live and they, or if they didn't, or they did it recorded to a backing, whichever, they had to drop the cow sum from it. Yeah. And in
1: fact, I, I
0: sent you the video in which it was played. Yeah, I, I, don't,
1: like I don't like anything that's, if you, I mean, if you, I, I as you may imagine, don't listen to modern Radio 1. But my wife, who is much more advanced and with it than me, does listen to Radio One when she's in the car. And and every song that's on Radio One now has it's like Norman Collier singing it. Well, just little little bits just disappear because it's oh they've used a rude word there, they've used the and I I hate Well yeah, because they've stopped they've stopped giving a fuck. Yeah. That's the thing. They've stopped giving a fuck. They, yeah, they've stopped saying, all right, I'll record a Baudelaire's version yeah. for you. So, um,
0: you know... And, and the other thing is, you've got all the extra words as well now, you know? It's not just swear words. Uh, it's N-words and what have you. So there's all sorts of different things that they've got to balance. And I can imagine what it must do. It must make it look... It's been shot with buckshot, you know what I mean?
1: I am... More mortally offended by the radio friendly version of WAP than I am the proper version
0: yeah WAP. oh yeah I mean I get it and i uh, and I, I I think it's kind of ridiculous too um my personal viewpoint is that if the words for a song aren't appropriate
1: don't for sing the
0: song this time in the audience, then what the hell are you? Inviting them on to do that song. Yeah, yeah. Like with words that. missing. Get the either don't invite them on or get them to do a different song. I don't see why they should be doing this particular song and then making it sound all weird by dropping words out of yeah, it. Well, that yeah. doesn't really make then any again, sense.
1: Then again, you can't you can't say, Oh, can you not do Gertrude and we've got Jim Davidson on one or the other. Yeah,
0: it was a very odd length. It's forty one minutes long. Yeah. And for an hour-long TV show from 1982,
1: that's a good... Well, yeah, you're missing seven minutes, aren't you? That's
0: a good seven or eight minutes out. And Jim Davidson would not have had an eight-minute-long stand-up slot. So something else is missing
1: from yeah. from that We're show. We're missing and a I suspect, Jim Davidson and a
0: song. Yeah, I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised if, um, if somebody said, well, you can't play Gertrude. Which is a tragedy, because it is their second best song. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Festive Highlight. Festive Highlight. Bearing in mind that everyone gets the entire of Ain't No Pleasing You free. That's, that's yeah. a given.
0: Yeah, we'll give you that one. Have that one us. I would say that, considering it was done, I'm almost certain, on a set, quite possibly, plausibly, in front of a studio audience we yeah. can't say for sure I think they did a remarkably good job of recreating the sights, sounds and I'm absolutely certain smells mm. of what one of those places would have been like definitely the highest compliment I can pay it is that it looked like the odd fellows at up uh, past midnight on New Year's Eve
1: yeah 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 there was it, it... The the atmosphere in there was really well captured. They were, however, they, they those, did it. Um, I'm
0: I'm sure I'm as sure as you are that they were as drunk as they looked, and oh, these weren't actors pretending to be drunk. No, no, no.
1: They, these were genuinely, and they were all genuinely delighted to be there. Apart from my festive highlight, which was you can see him during the Jimmy Cricket bit. There's a an old boy sat at a table quite near Chas and Dave. Right. Uh, and he's not particularly enjoying Jimmy Cricket. And then you see him again just after Ain't No Pleasing You, when the whole place has gone mental. And he's still sat there, coat on. He's been nursing a Bristol cream sherry for two hours because he's waiting for the meat raffle, I think. Waiting for the meat raffle in this pub that isn't a pub. He's my festive highlight because that bloke is somebody who is as a, a recognizable an English character as I can think of. I've certainly been that bloke on a number of occasions. True. And I just I just love how much I cannot picture not enjoying being at that performance. But God love him, he's not having a good time. In any way, Jay Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair but... play.
0: sleeping I'm not saying that my young life was a lengthy episode of chas and dave the sitcom or anything like that you know <laughs> the world was had already become a very different place and it is worth remembering that by 1979 80 time by the time they first broke, broke through they broke through as a nostalgia act but from the very small glimpses that i saw and from the stories that i'd been told uh of my grandparents when they were younger what one thing they used to do every Christmas day, my, I remember my mum telling me this, and this would have been probably the early fifties the The men inverted commas would go to the pub at twelve o'clock, okay, and the women would make the lunch, and the men, when the pubs shut them out at two o'clock or up past two or whenever, <laughs> they would buy an entire barrel of beer and just take it home with them. Smack something into the side of it. And she said that she remembers one year going into the kitchen at about five or six o'clock in the afternoon. And the food was cooking, but the men were all out there uh, playing cards and smoking. Wow. And she said the beer was about half an inch thick on the floor. Oh, <laughs>
1: Jesus
0: Christ. So, um... I see nothing in Chaz and Dave which doesn't look authenticish to me. I think that a bit of it might, you know, is over-exaggerated. The, the, I do think that there's an exaggeration to them. It's kind of cartoonish, which I like. Um, they are two very distinct characters, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and, great. Uh, and they've got the of Mickey on the at the back there on the drums with the app. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. Do what does he do then? What does he do then? Oh, plays the drums. All right, okay, what, has he got a
1: gimmick? Where's yeah. that? Swear's so that? Plays the drums. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's, so, your, that's your Chas and Dave knees up. Get it watched would be my recommendation. And just enjoy the joyousness
0: of it. It's a bunch of drunk people with these very accomplished musicians playing mostly decent songs. And to be fair... Like I say, you know, I can't help but keep coming back to the fact that it's 1982, yeah, it's Chas and Dave, and they've only gone and got fucking Eric Clapton.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I, I, it's not exaggerating to say that, that you know, oh, he's only gone and got David Bowie. Well, no, I mean, you know... So you'd be making, we'd be making much... See, this is the where Clapton's kind of infected his own legacy, isn't it? Is that people don't like him anymore. And uh, throughout the 60s, 70s and 80s, he was a fucking superstar. Yeah. And I disagree with, I would imagine, almost all of his uh, political opinions, some of which to the extent I would have him thrown in a gulag. But I can't, you know, that doesn't detract from the fact that them getting somebody of that level of celebrity, that famous as a guitarist and as a musician, to go on their show to go on their Christmas special and sing Goodnight Irene and something else Slow Down whatever the fuck that was you know to get him to go on and do those is that tells you a lot about Chaz and Dave that yeah. tells you a lot about how well connected they were how well respected they were and how popular they were you know yeah. if, imagine if you've been looking out in the audience and Jimi Hendrix had been there sat there tapping his knee
1: well, it would have been a surprise, but
0: well, obviously, in 1982, it would have been a surprise. <laughs> but the no, the point I'm trying to make, yeah, I, is I get, that, I know, get the point. Like, you make. like I say, yeah, it's a fair point. You know, people yeah. used to people used to paint. Clapton is God on brick walls in London in the 1970s. I did. You can argue about where Eric Clapton's musical prime is, whether it was in the 60s with Cream or whatever, or whether it was in the 70s. Oh.
1: I think it was when he wrote that song about how much he wanted to have sex with George Harrison's wife.
0: Oh, right, yeah. yeah, <laughs> that, L- Layla.
1: That, yeah, the original lyrics to that went, George Harrison, <laughs> I want to fuck your wife. <laughs>
0: George Harrison's wife, <laughs> you got me on my knees. <laughs> that,
1: that's, <So. laughs> that's Pete Clapton for me. But
0: anyway, anyway. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, allow me to double check. Yo, you tell the nice people.
1: Well, I, I don't even need to double-check. There's only two things left, and tomorrow is... Please, sir. Oh, yes, yes. A Christmas special from, I think, ni- maybe
0: 19, 1970. I, it's either 70 or 71. Uh, I love a bit of really bad early 70s sitcom. Ugh. And uh, I the, one of the few things that I enjoy more than that is your discomfort. Yeah, yeah,
1: one. I gathered that. So, you know... Just be grateful it wasn't Are You Being Served. I probably would have preferred Are You Being Served, actually. At yeah. least at least Are You Being Served is flamboyant. Yeah. We'll be back again, same time tomorrow, the penultimate one.
0: Thanks very much for listening. And goodbye.
1: Next door. Give it to the girl next door. Give